Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. And we're going to get you ready for kickoff versus Kentucky and Chattanooga on Saturday. Uh, but we also have uh, quite a bit to talk about in this episode here, Derek. And I think it has to start at the top with Eddie Grant. Yeah, Nick Roush from uh, Kentucky Sports Radio uh, yesterday afternoon with the scoop that uh, Eddie Grant would be returning to Kentucky in an off-field role. Um, I assume that that means he's going to be eventually working his way into what Dan, a lot of what Dan Brezowitz did when he was the chief of staff. I'm not sure it'll be the exact same thing just because Brezowitz, you know, kind of his uh, forte was recruiting and doing things like that. I'm not sure Grant's role will be quite uh, – as strenuous in that regard, but you hear Mark Stoops talk a lot about big picture guys when he's looking to hire people. Um, I would say without having yet known, and we're recording this early on Friday, it's not even 10 a.m. yet. We assume that UK will make that official and perhaps there will be some more details as to what exactly he'll be doing, but having someone who is as much of a professional as Eddie Grant, someone who has been in college football a very long time, I mean, coached 20-plus years at a high level, to have that person in your football facility helping out Mark Stoops, potentially I would say this developing into a potential kind of right-hand man kind of situation, I think is a very smart move. And, um, hell, Sean, they're paying him $2.3 million anyway through the next few years. So if he wants to come back and, and work a little bit, <laughs> maybe you feel like you're at least uh, getting some more uh, out of out of that buyout. And you're getting a great human being yeah. back on your staff. I mean, there's no denying how good of a person Eddie Grant is. Never had any issues at Kentucky, never any issues anywhere. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this. I don't see – and, you know, I saw some mixed reactions yesterday and people going, why? Or, you know, why do you want to do this? Or, oh, God, like, he's not going to be calling plays. The Wildcat's not going to be coming back with him. That's not what – it's an off-the-field role, specifically. It says that. So, I just think it's something good. you got a guy that knows your program, knows what your program stands for, what it expects. The big thing to me is someone that Mark Stoops trusts. I think that's the other thing in this. I'm a huge fan of it. Look, Eddie Grant's a good football coach. Yes. It's got to the point to where – they needed to do something different with the offense. They needed to add a passing attack to it. But as far as overall development at the positions that he coached, he is a really good football coach. And I think it's someone that you want in your program who knows the league and knows the game of college football. You, you want that guy in your program. Those, those guys that are off the field, Derek, are pretty vital to what these programs do. They are. I mean, it, it makes sense, I think, too, for Grant at this stage, which I had known that he was still living in Lexington. Um, you know, he never left. I don't know what his plans might have been before, you know, this opportunity became available to him. But you're talking about a guy who's been in that grind. I mean, he's coached, started coaching the SEC, I think, in 1995. So a year after I was born. <laughs> so I mean, that's a long you know, every year, year in and year out, that college football grind. And and I would say, without having been around back then, I would guess, though, with, with, with how the internet has evolved, with how social media is, I would guess this job more than ever is a 24-7 job if you're a, you know, on-field coach. So he's at a point in his life where he probably wanted to take a step back. Money's not going to be an issue for him because he's getting the buyout money. So, I mean, he's going to be making a great salary for the next two or three years. He's 56 years old, Sean. I don't know that, he, you know, he might – 
And he might be done coaching, honestly. Who knows? He might get into this administration stuff and like it. So I think it's just a logical move on his part to see, you know, if he likes this side of college athletics. I mean, he's still going to be probably cutting up film. He's probably still going to have some administrative roles overseeing some things in the football program. But, yeah, like I saw specifically regarding Nick's tweet, a lot of people who were like, this is so stupid. Why is, why are they bringing it? Like, yeah, like you said, Eddie's not coming. He's not calling the play Saturday, you know, whenever this thing happens. But, you never. it's like you can never have too many good, like, football people around, though. I mean, if, if anything happens, um, there there's always going to be, you know, right around bowl time, probably coaches looking for other jobs. I mean, if you have assistants that are very good, you know, you expect that eventually they're going to leave, you know, he's the kind of guy I think would be able to slide down. And I don't know exactly what the rules are, but I'm pretty sure if you don't have the full, you know, staff, other guys, you know, that are GAs or whatnot can slide in and help. And I'm sure Eddie could, could certainly be around to help on the offensive side of the ball. He's a special teams coordinator too at one point. So, I mean, having him around, I, I see no negatives to this. And I say that there are not, uh, I don't think it's a negative because of how much of a professional he is. He's not going to come in. <laughs> and cause problems or cause tension with with Liam Cohen there and I think everyone is adult enough there to to make this work yeah that, that's the other thing that stands out to me is there is going to be no issues from anyone on this and I, I just think it's a really good move and those of you that see it as a problem I think you need to step back and look at it through a different lens here and see that yeah they couldn't throw the ball they struggled to throw the ball but the other things that Eddie Grant did during his time at UK were all positive to me. And that's a guy that you want in some yeah. role on your staff and just a, I mean, a good human being, some, a, a mentor, you know, a guy that those players respected there. That's an, that's another thing. I mean, that in whatever role he's in, you can't, you can't get enough quality human beings on your staff, in my opinion, in today's yeah. world, when you're leaders of young men, guys like Eddie Grant are the perfect example of those people. Yeah. I'm not trying to like sound condescending. I, I think for people who are just kind of casual fans, I'm not sure they understand the, how many people are in an operation like Kentucky football. I mean, there are tons and tons of people behind the scenes that make things work. And um, I would guess a lot of people just looked at the headline and thought, well, this is, you know, I guess they just assumed since he was the offensive coordinator, he wouldn't come back and just do something different. Like, I don't even know how much contact he'll have with like the uh, – I mean, he's not going to be involved. And he might cut up some tape and stuff and watch tape and, and get an idea for the opponents. But he's not going to have any say in the operation of what's being done on the game day on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, I think what we've discussed is it's how I feel. I mean, he knows every player. I mean, every single player on that roster he is going to be familiar with. Maybe some of the transfers he might not know much about. But um, like you said, I think it's a really good point. Like, this is someone who understands. Like, Sean, how you make the argument not just understands. He, he helped set the identity of Kentucky football. Yeah. I mean, he knows it very well. So, uh, and you could tell that, I mean, Stoops had to make a tough decision to fire Grant. He can tell he wasn't really didn't really want to do it, but he knew, and I think Eddie knew, you know, for, for things to be better, there needed to be a change. But for Eddie to have stuck around and for – I mean, this is a very – this is not like two years past. Like, this is, what, nine months, yeah. <laughs> basically, and he's already back. So, this is something I think that they both wanted. And um, 
I think it's a good story because it would be easy to, you know, for Eddie to have had his feelings hurt and to, to be able to put that behind you and Stoops to do the same and for it not to be awkward or anything, I think says a lot about their relationship. And it's uh, pretty encouraging, to be honest with you, that yeah. that still exists. Don't burn bridges. Yeah. It's 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 exact reason why people tell you to never burn a bridge because you, you just don't know what that opportunity is going to lead. I'm, I'm happy for Eddie. I, I really like Eddie as a person. I think he's great to have in your program. And I see this as a very positive move uh, for Mark Stoops and Kentucky football, Derek. But there's not a ton to talk about with Kentucky and UT Chattanooga. I think everybody kind of really – we know where it is and stuff going into game week. Uh, the hope, I'm sure, for this staff would be by the time it gets to the third quarter, Bo Allen gets some reps. And you get some of these younger guys some snaps, which means Kentucky takes care of business in the first half. They don't turn the ball over. And they kind of push this thing out and they get healthy – and they stay healthy going into a road trip at South Carolina. That I think that's the breakdown, right? Like, is there anything you want to add to that at all? Because I'm not, I'm not looking for a lot. I'm just looking for to stay healthy mm-hmm. and that offense to kind of do what it's supposed to do in the first half and then let these younger guys. And honestly, to me, it's a game that you build depth in. Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit everything I would want to hit. Um, the, the sooner you can take care of business in this game, the better. Because if you can get Bo Allen in in the third quarter, um, it's most backups in. It gives you, I think, a more true – like, I think you can still run a lot of your playbook then. If, if this game is kind of not really in the bag until the fourth quarter or midway through, you'll probably just see a bunch of runs and uh, they'll just get out of there. But, you know, like I mentioned to you, before we started this podcast like this they've got i think six straight conference games after this something like that i mean you're not going to have i mean maybe like against a vanderbilt uh or something else unforeseen perhaps they blow somebody else out that we're not expecting i don't i don't see many teams i think they'll just blow out outside of vandy and you know maybe a game could could heavily go in their favor who knows but you get what i'm trying to say like this might be the last chance a lot of these guys get told the end of november to get some playing time so Hell, I mean, obviously winning the game is the most important thing, but you, you would think – and I know UT Chattanooga is, you know, pretty well thought of for, for their uh, conference. So, I'm not saying this is going to be just a, a gimme pushover. I mean, uh, who knows? This game last week, I mean, Stoops has said it two or three times. It took a lot out of the team. I would not be surprised at all if they start slow tomorrow. But their veteran team, UK, is you – would, you would hope that they can – do what they need to do, take care of business, get those younger guys in and move on. Um, Sean, I guess the score prediction, I'll say something like 45-10. Well, it's what they won the first game by, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I was I, I was gonna so. say I was gonna say 45 to 3. So not too far off. We're right around that that yeah. range. Uh, you always gotta count in when the backups get in there that uh things might get a little sloppy. That's so. true. And uh, MVP, I think it'll be hard to pick, honestly, but I'll I'll go Chris Rodriguez again. I think Rodriguez will have another – I think he'll have a big first half. Yeah, you're right. MVPs are harder to pick in a game like this. Um, stat line, though, I could see Levis throwing, you know, over 250, maybe even more, three touchdowns, maybe around 300, three touchdowns before he leaves. So that would probably be my pick. Yeah. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's go ahead and get into our picks of the week. So we both think Kentucky wins that one. So we're just going to go through the top 25 here. There come some of these lines that are big, like 20, uh, we won't touch on. Uh, so let's go Cincinnati. Number eight, Cincinnati at Indiana. Cincinnati is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I actually think that Indiana wins this game. Yeah, this is an interesting one because wasn't Indiana like top uh, – they were definitely top 25. I think they were pretty highly ranked, right, coming into yeah. this season. They opened with um, Iowa. Yeah, did not play well. I, uh, of course, have Iowa on my fantasy team, so I was happy. I think they had two pick sixes that game, two defensive touchdowns. Um, I'm with you. Indiana wins. Yeah. And then the second game here, number 15, Virginia Tech at West Virginia on a slate that's not very good for Saturday. These are some of the better football games, honestly. Yeah, a lot uh, of the kickoffs are better. West Virginia is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that Neil Brown and West Virginia get it done. Yeah, this is one of those interesting ones early in the year. You're talking about West Virginia unranked, yet a favorite over the number 15 team in the country. Um, I'm going to take – yeah, I'm take West Virginia, too. I thought Virginia Tech's quarterback, and I only watched one game, but it was against North Carolina, and it was the first game. Guys can get better. But I thought he was pretty subpar, and I thought in a lot of ways North Carolina – really let that game get away from them. So I'm with you. I go West Virginia. Hey, did you want to mention this? Uh, I know the line's not close, but it is a UK storyline somewhat. Terry Wilson making his return yes. to Texas A&M. Yeah. Oh, wait, you might have wanted to get to that in the SEC. My bad. We can, we can go and get to it now. Let's okay. go and throw it in there. You have it well, up in front of you. Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, a and a heavy favorite, 29 and a half. Uh, but Terry Wilson's off to a good year, 48, 65, 560 uh, in terms of yards passed for and then six touchdowns. Uh, one of his worst games, though, as a Wildcat was uh, against Texas A&M back in 2018. He threw, uh, completed 13 passes for 108 yards, but uh, 54 of those yards was a basically handoff to Lynn Bowden that counted as a forward pass. So that was a tough game for, for Terry. More so than I don't think either of us expect New Mexico to go in there and beat AM. But what kind of performance do you think Terry can can kind of give the Lobos going into that into that game? You know, it seems like that they've made a uh, an effort to throw the football. So I'm I'm gonna say 170 to 225. If he could if he could get, Terry compared to where he was. Yeah, if he could get to those stats. I mean, I'm I'm pulling for him. He was the manning. Award quarterback of the week. You know, Levis had it for week one. Terry got it for week two. That's pretty so cool. It is pretty cool, honestly. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, I will pick Texas A&M to win that game. But we also know that they haven't looked very good. 
Yeah, and their starting quarterback's out for a while. So, yeah, they barely won last week. That backup QB didn't look great. But it's it's always tough getting thrown in in the middle of a game. So, he's had a week to prepare as a starter now. We'll see uh, what he does. But I, w- would you pick A&M to cover that, though, 30 points? I don't. Yeah. No, nope. I don't think they cover it. I actually think the game stays within 20. I think somewhere around 17 is what I'd go with. Um, good games here. Uh, Michigan you take State and Miami. Yeah, I'll take Miami there. Yeah, Miami is six-point favorite. I'll go Miami. Uh, Purdue-Notre Dame. Notre Dame always seems to play some of these games close. I'll still go Notre Dame in this one. Yeah, me too. And then the big SEC matchup within the conference is number one Alabama, number 11 Florida. Alabama, 14.5-point favorite. How do you How do you think that this – Shakes up. Kentucky fans probably should keep their eye on this one, right? This is going to tell us a lot about Florida. Yeah, I mean, I feel like getting Alabama at 14 and a half could be a bargain. I mean, it, it doesn't seem – I mean, I don't know how many other conference games they play that they're only picked to be two touchdown favorites. So, I'm definitely going to pick Alabama to win, but I'm mostly curious to see this – Anthony Richardson, Emory Jones debate because I think this, I think if Richardson does some good things this game, he's probably going to be the starter going into Tennessee next week. And then that would probably, if you're UK, you're going to have some more film on him. So this might not be a deal where you have to worry about, well, I'll say this if it becomes a backup quarterback situation when they come to Lexington, you will at least have film <laughs> on both these guys. Yep. And, but, yeah, I'm definitely taking Alabama to win that game. Um, yeah, I'm taking Alabama. we got three more games here that I see. Let's go Air, number 19, Arizona State, number 23, BYU. Arizona State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to go the upset. I'm going to go BYU. Oh, yeah, me too. I think we're all picking the same teams. Yes. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> well, most of the dogs are at home in some that of the close crazy. games. Yeah. Then uh, Virginia at number 21, North Carolina. North Carolina is an eight-point favorite. Take UNC. I'm taking UNC as well. I don't think we've gone different on many games. Maybe we'll go different on this one. This is the final one, unless you see something else in the SEC there. Do you see anything you want in the SEC other than kind of the Saturday night primetime game here? Um, Any sneaky games? I'm not on the SEC slate. What is – oh, you're talking about Auburn Penn State. Yeah. No, every, I mean, the only team I wanted to talk about was was Tulane. They're bringing back their old uh, yeah. logo from the SEC, and they have the SEC champs from back whenever they were in the SEC almost 100 years ago. Uh, but I don't think there's any doubt Ole Miss is going to win that game. No, I don't, cool. I don't see any other one. Uh, well, Georgia and South Carolina, just because it's UK opponent coming up, South Carolina. And South Carolina actually won down there the last time they went to Georgia. But 31-point underdogs. That's, that's a huge line. That's, and it's hard to believe that that game has gone to that because at one point that game in week it was in week two every year, and it was one and, of the, the best matchups every yeah, single South season. Car- South Carolina plays them tough a lot of years. I I don't know that I'll pick Georgia to cover that, but uh, the storyline to follow there, I think, if you're a UK fan, is whether Luke Doty, who was supposed to be South Carolina starting quarterback, whether he plays because it sounds like he's close to being healthy and. I've seen different lines of thoughts. There's some people that think there's no reason to throw him out there against Georgia because of how good Georgia's defense is. And if he's not 100% healthy, then don't risk it. But 
do you really want to be in a spot for a critical, which that they're going to view as a very critical Saturday night matchup against UK? Would you rather them have not had any snaps before that game? It's a bit of a tricky situation, but that's what I would watch for that game if you're going to, and it's at 7 p.m. So, yeah, there are some other games that are going to be going on, but if you're someone who's consumed with Kentucky, I would think that will definitely be a game of interest to watch, but yep. definitely taking Georgia to win. And the, the big game of the week, it's a really good matchup on Saturday night, 7.30 on ABC, number 22, Auburn, at number 10, Penn State. Penn State is a five-point favorite. I'm not a fan of Auburn. I think you can do that in the <laughs> SEC preseason predictions. I've not seen anything from Auburn right now that tells me any different or tells me that they should be the number 22 team in the country. I think Penn State wins this game by 10-plus. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Penn State's offense. I don't think it's very good. Um, I personally don't think Sean Clifford is any better than Will Levis. Uh, I think they might have made a mistake there. But I'm not really a believer in Auburn's offense, although I do think they have a pretty strong defense. So I would take the under in this game, 53. I think it's going to stay under that. I think it'll be an old-fashioned knockdown, drag out, a lot of runs. Um that home field advantage, it's a wide out. I will take Penn State as well. Just not by as many points as you, though. <laughs> so, do you think they cover the five? Uh, no. I think it'll be a field goal game. Mm. Three points. We we really need a sponsor for our picks of the week, <laughs> don't we? Like, either we'll win you some yeah, money, I'll have or, a, uh, money I'll or we'll get you somewhere. <laughs> or we'll get you somewhere in between, right? <laughs> Man, I don't know if people need to listen to me on uh Hey, there is a uh, academic battle Saturday night, Stanford at Vanderbilt. You think uh, both teams one-on-one? Stanford just got USC's coach fired after a big win. You, you think Vanderbilt's had any hope in that game? Uh, What's the line on that? 12 points for Stanford. And it, where's that game at? It's in it's at Vanderbilt. That's a that's a home field advantage for Stanford. I'll go I'll go Stanford. <laughs> there probably some, there's probably quite a few Stanford grads living in Nashville. I mean Nashville's growing a lot, so they might have a little bit of a base there. All those um, California area people out there moving into Nashville. Yeah, could be out there. Yeah, I think uh, I know Vanderbilt just beat Colorado State, and Stanford didn't look too good at all. Their first, I think they lost to Kansas State, right? And then they beat. Uh, fun, fun fact on Stanford, though, my understanding. I'm gonna look at it real quick. I don't think they play. Yeah, they don't play a single non-Power 5 opponent this season. So, that's all I'll go with, Stanford. Well, that wraps up all of our picks of the week. Uh, hopefully, you all are, are picking along with us. I've not even looked at how our record stands. I'm, I might go through and do that today so we, we can kind of know exactly <laughs> how great we've been, Derek. I'm sure we've been doing just fine. I know. Oh, I don't know. Uh, we've had a couple of good picks. We, we obviously both picked Arkansas to win last week, I think, right? And or did I pick I Texas? I, I, I can't remember. No, you took Arkansas. I took Texas. Oh, uh, well, it's a, it's a shame that I sh- I didn't even listen to my own picks because I lost <laughs> money on that one because I actually picked Texas in a parlay. So go figure, right? Then I come on here and pick Arkansas. So I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. But <laughs> should be another fun week of college football. We'll be at Kroger Field tomorrow. Uh, Kentucky looking for a three and zero start. I think Will Levis is looking to become what the third quarterback since 1992 to start his Kentucky career 3-0. Join Terry Wilson, right? Yeah, Terry Wilson. I I think there's there's another one in there too, right? Wouldn't it be – did Mike Hartline win his first three? 
I believe he did. Yeah, he did. So uh, looking to join some company there with those guys, but we'll make sure that we're right back here on Kentucky Daily to recap everything that happens with Kentucky and UT Chattanooga. As always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. 